0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your name. God, thank you that you so loved us, that you wrapped yourself in our humanity and pursued us so that we might know life. God, I pray that even right now your spirit would be moving among us, whether we are in the room or watching online. I pray that you would be softening our hearts. That you would give us ears to hear your word afresh and anew again today. And then would you give us courage and strength to respond? We need you. We love you. Hallelujah. And all God's people said, Amen. So, good morning. My name is Suzanne Vogel. I'm the lead pastor and want to welcome those of you who are in the room and those of you who are online with us this morning. We are in the second Sunday of Advent and our second Sunday in the round. So, uh, for those of you who are visiting this morning, this is not an always thing. It's a special thing that we're doing for the next uh, two more weeks Uh, Although I've had much lobbying already for people who are like, let's keep doing this in the round. Um, So that's been fun. Thank you for your flexibility. Uh, We've been joking uh, as a staff. We've been talking about how to manage the table, how to talk to the whole room. Uh, We even had one of our pastors threatening to do jump turns as he did announcements. I'll let you guess who that is. So, So this morning... I want to start by playing a little word association game, if we could. Just bear with me. The difficulty of being in the room is that I can talk to you. Uh, So, um, those of you who are online, I want you to join in in the comments, too. So, I'm going to say a word, and then I want you to say the first word that pops into your mind that you associate with it. All right? So, my first word, Iowa Hawkeyes. Ooh, boring, terrible, and I heard Iowa, the cyclones. (laughs) Uh, Seems like that was a better choice yesterday. So, all right, Christmas cookies. Yum, huh? Molasses, oh, that was the word I heard, I liked it. Yes, I heard a definitive yes, not even an adjective, just a yes, I like that, I like that. Okay, let's do a third word. Here's the word. 2021. <laughs> okay, I don't know what's happening on the comments online, but in the room, I'm hearing crazy. I heard boo. I heard hiss. Uh, what else did I hear over here? COVID. Tough. Difficult. This, at the first service, uh, I had a, a young man who just said, Bleh, and he said it so loud that everybody was like, yes. That is the word. I'm guessing that I'm willing to bet that I'm not, I bet nobody in this word, in this room or online, your first word was joy. Your first word was probably not joy. And yet, this morning, the lectionary invites us to focus on the idea of joy. And I don't know about you, but in light of this last year, that feels challenging to me. It feels difficult. In fact, in many ways, it maybe even feels kind of irresponsible, doesn't it? To think about joy in the midst of all of the pain and all of the suffering and all of the difficulty. And yet, I think we've got something to learn this morning from Paul. Here's a man who knew a lot about difficult years and difficult decades and difficult centuries. Paul, you might remember, was an outcast from his people. He was beaten. He was flogged. He was unjustly accused. He was run out of town. He was thrown into jail. If anybody had a reason not to be joyful, it's Paul. And yet, as we read the passage that God has given us for this morning through the lectionary, I think we're going to discover something different. So, if you have a Bible, feel free to open it with me to Philippians 1 3 through 11. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. You can listen along or you can pull up your phone. Um, It'll even be on some of the screens if you're here in the room. Hear the word of the Lord. I thank my God every time I remember you. And may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. To the glory and the praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. So let's go back to our word association game for just a minute. And I want to ask you, as you listen to that passage, what are some words that you would use to describe Paul's tone? excellent. We're hearing it over here again one more time. All right, so any words that pop to mind that would describe how Paul was talking? Steady. Steady, That's a great word. What else? Confident. How about over here? Wisdom. He sounds wise. Oh, excellent. Anybody in this side of the room? I'll look at you all! Like don't make eye contact with me, please, dear God, don't make eye contact with me. Let me show. Let me share a few words that I I pulled up. Exuberant, affectionate, warm, joyful. Joyful. And I have to ask, what's his secret? Because if anybody has a reason not to be joyful, it's Paul. So. Let's go back to the chapter and the passage for just a couple minutes, and I want to share with you a few things I think are part of the secret. Now, the first thing I'm going to say is going to sound super obvious. You're going to be like, Of course, Pastor Suzanne, I don't care. Uh, because it needs to be said again Paul's joy is not found in his circumstances. Paul's joy is not found in his circumstances. Now, again, I'm sure you're saying, like, well, duh. But you know what? Paul says it over and over and over again. Here, right, he says, here's the thing. Whether I am in prison or I'm out preaching the gospel, doesn't matter. In a couple chapters, he's going to say, you know what? Whether I'm poor or whether I'm rich, whether I'm sick or whether I'm well, whether I am free or whether I'm in prison, I've learned to be content. Joy does not come from our circumstances. And I'm going to say that again because here's the thing. Our culture tells us otherwise all the time. All the time. Our culture tells us that if you buy the right product or you drive the right car, you'll experience joy. Our culture tells us that if you get the right degree or you move to the right neighborhood, you will experience joy. Did you notice a common thread in all of those things? You have to acquire a commodity. Our economy is driven by the fact that you need to be discontented. And let's go another step further. Our media now feeds on that, right? It's feeding us discontentment. It's feeding us A lack of joy. It's calling us because that actually gets more engagement from us. So let's be clear right here, right now, because it's so seductive to imagine that if this were just different or that were just different, then then I would experience joy. Paul says, no, that's not the source of joy. So then we have to ask, what is the source of joy? What is the source of joy? And let me just say that I think this is a complicated question, and there are a lot of answers to it. There's not just one. This is one of those things that has a lot of nuance. But I want to focus on one thing today that I think is very clear from this passage. Paul takes his eyes off his circumstances and focuses on people he loves and is grateful for. Paul, instead of looking for what is going wrong, looks for ways that God is caring for him through other people around him. You hear it all through this passage I just read. Paul says, I thank God every time I remember you. I pray with joy because of your partnership. I have you in my heart. I long for you with the affection of Jesus. Paul's eyes are not on his jail cell. His eyes are on the people around him. And somehow, that brings joy. Let me give you an example of how I saw that this week. We have a Tuesday morning staff meeting. It's early-ish. I mean, I know some of you get to work at like 5.30 in the morning, so it's not that early. Don't get me wrong. But it's early enough that we are all nursing coffee. And, you know, it was one of these mornings where the list of things that we have to do and talk about is long, and the list of things that are coming at us is big, and there was a little grumpiness. Let's be honest. There's a little grumpiness in the meeting, and then, but we started with the question, who are you grateful for today? And Pastor Bepp started, because Pastor Bepp always starts. I love this about Pastor Bepp. It's so beautiful. Pastor Bepp jumps in right away, and she says, I am grateful for Lisa Sampson. Lisa Sampson, you probably don't know this, comes almost every Sunday morning early, and she turns on the check-in, and and nobody notices, but she does it. And then she raised her hand last week and said, my small group will make dinner for the gingerbread bash. That's a big thing. And Beth was like, I'm so grateful for Lisa Sampson. And then right away, Pastor Johnny jumps in. And he says, You know what? I'm grateful for Jen Morrow. Now, you probably don't know that name. That's because Jen Morrow isn't associated with our church, but she's gotten involved in the digital community. And she's so excited about what's going on there, and she's so connected in that she's like, I'll lead a small group. And Johnny was like, I'm just so grateful that someone else is excited about the ministry and what God's doing. Somebody that I didn't know before three months ago. Well, right then after that, then. Pastor Sarah jumps in, and she says, you know who I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for Dave Vanderwerf. Because, see, Dave Vanderwerf is leading a a Sunday school group that's been this hybrid thing for people online and people in person. Plus, Dave Vanderwerf is, like, the most can-do, I'll-get-her-done kind of guy you ever want to meet. And Pastor Sarah was like, oh, man, I'm so grateful for him. And then Deb Conlon says, I'm thankful for Phil Brazil. Now, you probably don't know this, but Phil Brazil is part of a ministry of men who go around and uh, cut down trees that are diseased or have been damaged by storms. Now, I don't know if you've actually checked recently, but it's expensive to get a tree cut down. And I don't know how many of you noticed, but we had a lot of diseased trees out here. And Phil Brazil brought his team of people and for no money donated all of it and cut down all of the trees. And it's amazing. Here's the thing, what happened in that meeting is actually happening right now. I can see it in the room and I hope it's happening online. Can you feel yourself grinning? All of a sudden, we were like, our eyes were off all the things that needed to happen and all the things that could go wrong and pretty, right now, all of a sudden we were like, there are awesome people around us. And it was beautiful and it changed the whole tenor of the conversation. In the same way that I think Paul changes the tenor of his own life and the life of the Philippians when he writes this letter. See, I think Paul understands something that the, actually the people in ancient times understood way more than we do. See, I think he understood the power of blessing and cursing. In the scripture, Paul talks and God talks about the power of our words and that we are called to bless and not to curse. Now, let me define for a second what blessing is. Blessing is to bestow goodness on another person, to speak good words over them. On, in contrast, cursing is words of evil, judgment, and injury. To speak words of evil, judgment, or injury against another person. Let me just ask you, what do you think is the language of our culture right now? Blessing or curse? It's curses. We speak judgment and injury over each other all the time. And that, my friends, is tragic because words have consequences. Words are sacred In Genesis 1, God speaks the world into being. That tells us that words are an agent of agency, have agency, and they bring life, and they bring the sacred. And we are a culture that curses and doesn't bless. And that is particularly tragic for those of us who call ourselves the people of God. Do you know why? Two reasons. The first reason, I'll start with the one that's probably most obvious, that we're not supposed to. We are not supposed to speak curses over people. Only God gets to speak judgment over people. And instead, we are called... Now, that doesn't mean we aren't called to ever discern right from wrong, but when you talk about speaking judgment over people, the Bible's really clear that we're called to bless and not curse. In fact... God, uh, Paul says, when we're cursed, we're called to bless. When we're persecuted, we're called to speak life, which makes it really hard to be a Christian. Can I get an amen in the house? Right, because we're called to do something counter. So the the first reason it's really tragic when we're speaking curses is because it's not what God calls us to. But the second reason that I really want to focus on is we finish together today is that when we speak curses we rob ourselves and others of joy let me say that again when we don't bless we rob ourselves and others of joy did you notice that when paul was talking he said i long for you with the affection of my heart did he say that No, he said, I long for you with the affection of Jesus. So in other words, Paul says to them, I like you a lot. But that's only a drop in the bucket to how much Jesus likes you. See, when we bless each other, we actually get to enter into how God feels about other people. Think about that. When I get to speak blessing, I get to actually see the way, see another person the way God sees them. It was interesting. I was in a Bible study this week. We were talking about this passage. And one person, we were talking about this kind of outrageous affection of Jesus. Do, we were talking about, do I believe that? Do I believe that Jesus likes me? And a brave soul in my group basically said, I have a lot of trouble believing that Jesus likes me. And I think that's true for a lot of us. I think it's difficult for us to imagine that God looks at us with affection. I think it's easy for us to imagine he's disappointed with us, easy for us to imagine that maybe even he's angry with us, that he's distant from us, that even perhaps He loves us, but he doesn't particularly like us. I think that's why it was so important that Jesus came. Because we couldn't imagine a God who delighted in us. And so it says God sent himself to show us how deeply we are loved. But I still think it's hard for us to imagine it. And that's where something beautiful happened in my Bible study. Just as the first person said, I have a hard time imagining that God delights in me. Another person piped up and said, Huh, that's funny, because I have no trouble believing God likes you. I can see all kinds of reasons that God created you and likes you. I have trouble seeing it for me, but I can see it about you. And isn't that true? God gives us clearer eyes for the image of God in each other than sometimes he does for ourselves. And so what we get to do when we express gratitude, when we speak blessing, when we actually are intentional, we get to participate in the sacredness of God. And it brings joy. It brings joy, both to us and to the people we speak it over. And let's be honest, friends, there's something powerful about words and about written words. Do you know that Paul could have basically sent a message, but he wrote it down? Any of you have ever gotten an unexpected thank you note that you still keep by your mirror, or your desk? Words are powerful. So right now, we're going to do something. By the way, if you haven't noticed yet, we're doing some things during Advent. I want you to reach into the uh, back of the chair in front of you or if you are in the room. If you are online, stay with me. I'm going to talk to you in a minute specifically. But those of you who are in the room, grab the white thing in the chair in front of you. And what is it? For those of you who are online, they are reaching and they are finding a thank you note. By the way, that already has a stamp on it. That's how seriously we're taking this. I want you right now to think of one person you're grateful for. One person who has blessed you. One person who you hold in your heart. And for those of you who are in the room, I want you to start writing a thank you note right now. I want you to start writing a note. Now, for those of you who are online, I want to talk to you for a minute. We don't want you to feel left out. In fact, we have plenty of note cards, and so if you're in the community, I want you to come by the church any time next week. Uh, we have people here from 8.30 to 3.30 or 4. You can come and get as many thank you notes as you want. Or I would even encourage you, start just pull out your email right now and start writing an email. That would even work. Or you could grab a note card of your own. But we really want you to participate in this as well, because I don't want you to miss the joy that we're going to experience. Now, I can tell you, I'm watching, some of you are like, I can't think this fast. That's okay. Take your note card home. You can write it later, but you need to write it and send it in the next two days. Because guess what will happen if you don't do it in the next two days? You won't do it. Let's be honest, right? So Think right now of that person. You could start the email if you need to or start your note card with, my pastor made me write this, if you'd like. Feels like that will maybe work against the power of the message, but hey. Maybe a better way would be to say, you know what, this morning I thought of you. God brought you to my mind, and I just want you to know. I want you to know how much I appreciated when you did this. I want you to know how grateful I am for this thing you did in my life. I want you to know. So let's take a minute, and I want you to just write for a second. As Britta plays. in the back of the chairs, too. As you write. I know you're going to be tempted not to do this. You're going to say, my words aren't, I'm not eloquent, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Don't be robbed of the joy. After the first service, one of our 10-year-olds came up to me and brought this note. Dear Suzanne, my pastor made me send this. Thank you for being my pastor and showing me the way and the light of Jesus and helping me walk the right path. That's one note to one person. Imagine what will happen next week if 400 of these get sent out. Let's pray. God, thank you that in the midst of even the darkest places, you bring help. And I pray even right now, God, Holy Spirit, that you would nudge us, that you would show us who is a person who we can bless today, who we can speak life and goodness over, for whom we can express gratitude. And then, God, would you help us do it, just do it, (laughs) that we might participate in your glory and in your joy. And all God's people said, amen.